Welcome back to the Punners Preamble. I'm Simon Zanopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blenko and a huge, huge in for our first show of 2023. We've got the X Factor back. Welcome, Nathan. At long last, I've been sitting there all through those dark winter months, but all through the spring, the first half of the summer. I think nah, they've forgotten me. They've lost my number. But I feel privileged that it's finally been dug out from uh, underneath all those other black book numbers you've got, and uh, you've welcomed me back. Thank you. It's an honour. We were going to call you over the summer for the, the George Moore, but it was Axe versus Garibaldi, so we scrapped it. <laughs> it didn't come up as the strongest one uh, in, in recent memory, no. no. But this is a strong Magic Millions, yay or nay? Across the card, I mean, not just the two-year-old. Uh, definitely across the card. And I'm, you know, in terms of the standouts, possibly not like we've had in previous years. You know, you, you often have a horse that's favourite for the Golden Slipper. That's I'm sure that's going to be the case after Saturday. Although the markets tend to overreact, it may well be, but it's more an even two-year-old race and an, an even guineas without, you know, with the absence of a, of a like an alligator blood, for instance. There are no alligator bloods. Looks typical across the card to me. Mm. Every race looks about right, but you're right, no standouts. And the track that we're running it all on? Well, you would have taken an interest in last Saturday here. Obviously, the configuration is slightly altered because this tr- this course proper is going to be ripped up after this weekend. And uh, in 12 months' time, hopefully, fingers crossed, all going to plan, you'll see a, ma- a vastly superior Gold Coast circuit. Uh, but out of necessity, the, the circumference had to change, so a training track went on the outside um, while the new synthetic track was put in. That's now completed. Um, it just means we sort of a smaller dimension. Whether that's changed the racing, I'm not sure. Last Saturday was very, you certainly wanted to be on speed on Saturday. Um, but that's typical for the Gold Coast and not untypical for a lot of tracks of fast horses sit on speed. Um, this is a meeting where we have seen horses come from well back to win. Uh, the Guineas in particular, I think the last two years they've come from near last to win. So that's something to monitor, you know, for, for through the first few races, but I suspect it won't be uh, as pronounced as it was last week. And there's still a possibility of getting some rain overnight on Friday. And that you know, once, once there's rain here, they want to get right off the fence. So there's a couple of little factors to consider. I was hoping we might get a bit of reverse bias as there was clearly <laughs> somewhat on-pace bias last week. Slash, if you run time from the front, you're going to be hard to run down. But was there a chance that they now overdo it and overcompensate on the weekend? Everyone wants to lead. Then all of a sudden, you probably want to sit off. But yeah, I mean, this is this is the first year Navesh Ramdani's been in charge here at the Gold Coast, and obviously he's got that great track record in your neck of the woods. So I'm sure he knows what he's doing. But you know, he's having to work within constraints as well here, as I just outlined a few moments ago. Yeah, I don't think anyone watching Gold Coast last week who usually watch races the Gold Coast thought it was unusual. They were running fast times too, even allowing for the fact that they were. Better horses. horses than are usually there. They were fast. If there was track yeah, bias, how did the bopper do what he did? Well, what it's like a new bopper, isn't it? To what he did at the Sunshine Coast was um, pretty pretty impressive against slow horses, and then against the faster ones, he very nearly overcame the, the bias there. And they did run very fast time in that um, that nine hundred meter race. So he's obviously in very very good shape. I think you'll find he goes to a race at the Sunshine Coast in a fortnight, where you'd think that. Uh, the market won't be missing him there. I think um, it took the bopper and on the lead two years to get over running figures at Ramwick that day. And then both of them turned up on the same. <laughs> I chased him for ages too. <laughs> two years on. I think it might be time to bring Wild Ruler back out of, um, out of retirement because he might be ready to go now. <laughs> 
He's run a good race. Where's Shelby? Oh, was it? What's his name? Tommy Gold and Tommy Shelby Cobra. Bring them back out. They're just about ready to go again. I think they're at stud. <laughs> yeah, probably. Now the two-year-old Magic Millions Classic. Mm. This came up as the Dunno because anyone who listens to the podcast knows Adam and I have been crying out for the two-year-olds and three-year-olds to be something. And the early signs of the gym crack and the breeders were good. But then Empire of Japan, Platinum Jubilee both come back at Ramwick. They get beaten behind fire lane. And the time was so, so I'm throwing up all that form now as a bit of dunno. How did you read it, Nathan? I guess the, the breeders form has started to sort of look a little suspect, say, around the wild time. Uh, yeah, look, I'm... My answer is I hope it's not so-so because that's that's the, the race I'm pinning my, my hopes on. Platinum Jubilee was upside down there compared to what she was at her debut and you know, they were obviously left a little bit in the tank for this assignment three weeks on. Emperor of Japan will be exactly the same and I guess Fire Lane had the absolute sweetest of sweet runs uh, on that occasion after after the market found it at Wyong off the Newcastle win. The market really came for Fire Lane at Wyong and didn't quite pan out there and didn't finish off. So given the softest run that it had, the Wyong form stood up pretty well since. So I wouldn't be putting the pen through it and I certainly haven't put the pen through it. No, I think it's the... That Breeders' Cup gym crack form is the form. I think we were. I, I was fairly upbeat about the two-year-olds pre-Christmas because these days we expect so little pre-Christmas, mm. and I thought they kept up to what you would expect all the way up until the the festive season, and then they they got to the festive season where you expected them to, you know, they needed to go again, and they just plateaued a little through that through that sort of month. That month we've been missing, they have been as well. Mm. We haven't seen yeah, anything yeah. step up that I would have. You would have liked to. Even the, the McLaughlin with the novelist sort of he'd run really nice figures at Kembla, but it was the McLaughlin was wishy washy, wasn't it? And last week the two races last week were terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, XL Dior was pretty close in the McLaughlin and um, went pop last week. So I agree with that. Um, we've been thin on two year old numbers all season up here in Queensland, so I'm not sure what the, the go was there. You can see a cast of thousands wanting to run in the debutante there on Saturday, and um, I'm sure that's got a huge amount to do with it. But, but you know, maybe in those last three weeks, when you've got a horse that can run in a half a million dollar race, and you know that you're chasing your tail to get to a two million dollar Magic Millions, you're obviously going to ease up and, and roll the dice and have a throw at the stumps against others that haven't raced. That's going to be absolute carnage. That race, <laughs> 900 meters, all on debut, half a million bucks up for grabs. Anything yeah. can happen. That's going to be very, very interesting. I kind of wish they were running 20. How good would that be? <laughs> yeah, that would be really ugly, I'd think. Um, <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon 12's enough, and it'll still be still be pretty interesting, um, 12. Interesting um, code. Interesting to what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like with a, you know, I wouldn't think it's going to be the greatest betting race. Um People can, you've got a country cup to kick off with and a debutante after. You can actually stay square until at least midday, which is terrific news. (laughs) Slamington starts at 10.30. This is similar to (laughs) Sydney every week, Nathan. You've got the bye, which is the highway, and then you've got another bye midway through the card, the midway. So welcome to Sydney up on the Gold Coast. Beautiful. Do you have anything to add to that, Simon? No, I, I found it really, really tricky this year. Usually I like to have a strong opinion in this race. Empire of Japan for me first up, I know it's, Team Snowden in a semi-final, so you don't want to read into it too much. But 
I don't know. I didn't like. I don't know. I didn't like it at all. The way he finished off the race. The two horses that stand out for us in terms of adjusted for late splits, Empress of Wonder was certainly given mm-hmm. a sore back last start, but now drawn out again, likely yeah. going to have to give them all a big start. And for our friend, the Elevator, Sunsource, who was in a testing debut, heavy track, stayed over the top of them and then got into a walking and a sprint home race and has been shunned pretty quickly uh, by the market, given Sovereign Fund is second pick, and Sunsource was tight in the market there. So is he one that can bounce up? postcode, and he couldn't yeah. get past Mashani Renegade. It would be some sort of a form reverse. It would be a Glastonbury-like form reverse off the Sunsource. And, That's how you want to find uh, the yard. Like, That's the elevator. That's the elevator yeah, at his best. Uh, Last thing you want uh, to do is, is see him run well in the lead-up. Mm, that'd, perfect That would be a disaster. Perfect run. Do you, do you give Empress of Wonder? Is it the barrier, Nathan, that puts I, you off? Yeah, look, what, she's going to get the same run as she did last time, isn't she? It's either that or they go forward and she gets stuck in no man's land. So I've had to drop off her as a result of that. And I'm still got the question mark on that, that form. I know her figures herself were terrific and I wanted to be with her after that. But form hasn't quite worked out and you know, she's just same jock and worse barrier. So... What I'm interested from you guys, oh, Platinum Jubilee nine dollars versus the other one at five. I just for the life of me, I cannot work this out. That's what have bad. I what have I overlooked? She was spectacular on the boo. Every bit as good as um, Emperor of Japan. The, the, the sort of the round of drinks between the the, the the time splits that day. She then goes forward off a wide gate. I know that they weren't. It wasn't a high pressure race, but she still went out and she was. To the eye, she won the race. She was only collared the last bound. Now she draws a better gate than Empire of Japan. Uh, draws together absolute perfect run behind what will be a good speed, and she's almost twice the price. What am I missing? Not much. No, I think that's probably the, the little betting angle, isn't it? Because you're right. They've both got two pieces of form to lean on, and both of them tie directly to one another, and both of them say if there's anything between them, it is not much. I suppose, no. is it the J-Mac factor? Oh, there's no doubt that. And he is a, I mean, he is a bonus. Yeah. It matters. Yeah, it matters, that's, yeah. That's right. That's right. And, I mean, I, I thought Sovereign Fund's last start was as good as any lead up. Um, I like the fact that his form worked out at Wyong and, you know, his form worked out at Wyong around those two. And he then, I thought, went on with it second up in cocking that quick sprint home off a, off a walk. But the market's not missing him either, is it, from from the white gate? Has Quasimodo finished or? <laughs> that is the outlier in the Wyong race. <laughs> Everything else out of the race. But last well. week, was that race was just horrendous last week. There's nothing to take out of that. Just pretend yeah. that, that never happened. Yes. Two quick questions before we move on from this race. We haven't touched on Skirt mm-hmm. the Law, which is someone looking up towards Queensland. I just see two poor times. Why is this in the market? Yeah, um, she's a bit of a dunno. She's beaten walkers both times, but she's posted margins and has been unextended. I, I thought the uh, speed figures of the first time were better than they were at the twelve hundred. I'm stunned by this, the you know the, the velocity of the move to seven dollars fifty or thereabouts. I thought thirteen dollars was probably right and half tempting off off a good gate, but. You just don't know how you know she's been exposed to zero pressure in, in both both runs. Uh, we saw Alentia last week goes around odds on against better horses, and they pop the first time they have um, other pressure exposed to them. So I think it's a very very skinny price. I don't want to pot her as saying she can't win, but I'm just saying from a betting point of view, I, I find it hard to find her at that price. 
So the bet then is Platinum Jubilee? Well, it has been and it continues to be. I keep going every time they wind it out. So we'll just go down with the well with it. Before we go again, I've got one more question. What's your like favourite event? Because I was looking, uh, digging around oh, as I do. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. And yep. I was just looking at, oh, you know, how does Ramwick to the Gold Coast go? I can tell you this century, 583 horses have gone from Ramwick to the Gold Coast. They've won twice their share or even a bit better than that. They beat more horses home. That's expected. There's some big mm-hmm. names in there, lots of Hollandale winners. But who is your favourite ever Ramwick to Gold Coast winner? Randwick to Gold Coast. Um, I guess that'd be Dan's hero. He won on Boxing Day, didn't he? Was that Randwick? He yeah, won he's, it, or was he's it in the list. He's in the list. So you're shunning oh, Shogun Lodge, Metal Bender, Streamer. Uh, By oh, the way, no, that... no, 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 no. Might and Power <laughs> would be a standout. Might and Power. <laughs> I hadn't even got to him. What oh, about Eremine? Queen Elizabeth into the Hollander. And I know we're getting off the beaten track here, but yeah. when Eremine went to the Gold Coast Guineas, how did you got Queenslanders? They made out of different stuff. How did you send him around second pick nine to two? What was a bet that 14, was! was Hindsight's twenty twenty in, in that era. It was doesn't it matter. He won by four. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh. any consolation, I backed him, so I, I was. No, well, you're a, the, you're a sharpie, but the rest of you up there, honestly, <laughs> what were you thinking? As I, it's very easy in hindsight, but my goodness, when I saw that list and I saw yeah. him winning at nine to two, I don't reckon you'd want to be backing too many current day AJC Derby winners next start of fourteen hundred meters. <laughs> no, that's probably true. It's a, it's a different race now. Quick, quick thinker never really looked like it over. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, question for the Magic Million three-year-old guineas. Sent him from Brett Dwyer on Twitter. Appreciate the message, Brett. He thinks Yellow Brick is the real deal. What's your take, Nathan? Well, I hope Brett's a good judge. I, I, I think in terms of this race, he's the right horse. I don't think... We're looking at the strongest contingent of Sydney horses to come here. That said, they don't need to be the strongest contingent most years. But I think he's well above average what he's done. You know, you go back three or four starts ago, I would have said no. But I liked, you know, he, he was going on those last two wins, but he came to the trials at um, at Doomben and he struck a slick trial and he beat them pointlessly in that trial. I thought, wow, you you've improved out of sight. Um, and then sure enough, he goes against the older horses at Toowoomba and it was a reasonable race. I'd say Alpine Edges is back in form and you challenged him and he just uh, shrugged him off and, and went away. That's 1,200 for a horse that's proven at 16. You'd think 1,400 now off a, a good gate is just going to sit right in a sweet spot for him. And um, I think he, I think he's a genuine uh, horse that's going to go on to stakes races. I do have one stat firmly in his favour. No horse that has won the King of the Mountain has been beaten in the Guineas. <laughs> nah, he's the finest King of the Mountain winner I've seen. Too good. Well, I thought you were going to pull out a, pull out a Toowoomba to Gold Coast stat, which I'm pretty I sure is not going to look as good. <laughs> so the average, this is down, isn't it? This one is a bit down. You're right, this is a weak lot of Sydney horses. And when I'm mucking around with the simulator here, I'm getting hell I am winning races and it's very basic. Mm-hmm. So mm, if it's getting mm, if it's getting involved, Yellow Brick is getting right involved, and Yellow Brick and Tijuana are the only two that have a rating they're a little bit better than the average rating that the the winners of this over the last fifteen years have had going in. So Tijuana, who looks a little bit like Mahuta Light to me, a sort of weaker version of Mahuta, but in a weaker edition, and Yellow Brick looks yeah very much the type, and then it drops away to horses that I must say I don't think a lot of. Not at this level when you're talking alligator blood, Pirata. They are not here. They are not here, no. No, so it's more in the, like the AIM sort of mould from two years ago, you think? 
And he got lucky, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Maloney fall off? I can't remember exactly. Oh, that was yeah. I should tell She may not have run 1,400, though, to be fair. I only <laughs> had to run it faster than eight. <laughs> I reckon she might have had aim covered. <laughs> Looking at the average time form rating of the horses this year, so it's 101 last year, 101. Then prior to that, 103, 105. 2019's actually the weakest away from 2015, which is also 96. But generally, you get sort of low hundreds up to 105, which was allocated Bloods year 2020. So... It mm-hmm. is sort of on the low end, and but I think they could have a good winner if Yellow Brick comes out and win. He's a, I think he is a serious horse. Yeah, and I think he's had a good prep for it too. Like the, the twelve hundred into the fourteen hundred, they were able to give him a good break after the, the good campaign that saw him go through his grades. I think the last start's probably going to be just about good enough to win this, isn't it? Mm. It is, yeah, yeah. I think spiritualized is uh, an interesting one. He choked down, obviously. Eagle Farm, uh, good job last week, um, beating the older horses. He'll roll forward. I think he'll just roll forward and Yellowbrick sit off him. be too strong for him. Uh, Stroll, do you give her any hope at all? She had that good win. Where's he got? She was among the beat division through the carnival. I'm not sure she'd taken the huge step that I expected her to, but yeah, there were excuses last time when she became a bit of a pinball in that, that battle with the favourite. Any thoughts there? I think Stroll is a good filly, but I think she fits. You can tell me if I'm if I'm wide of the mark here because this I haven't looked this up or anything. This is just a a wild theory. I think there are more about I well, in my language hundred horses running around in Brisbane this summer. Good, you know, lower stakes level hundred rated horses and spiritualized and Stroll are two of those. And there's mm. the horses that are in the Gold Edition and the Vaux Rogue and whatnot. But there isn't a where's the hundred and ten horse? There's more hundreds yeah. and, and no standout. No hundred and ten. Oh well, yellow brick. Well, maybe he's the one. Maybe he is the one. Yeah. Look, I, I think, fair to say, that the Brisbane leg of the Summer Carnival was down this year. We just didn't get the the southern horses, and maybe that's going to be a trend going forward, given that the rich races go so deep into the spring now. Um, or maybe it's just, just an off year. But certainly you got one good one. No doubt. Which was that one? Kovalika. Well, that's, yeah, yep, that's maybe. fair enough. You're, you're maybe. Well, he's again. He's around a hundred. Maybe he's hundred and ten, but he hasn't yet. He hasn't had to. No, oh, he's good. So he fits that mould of. There's a lot of. I think there's more horses up there that are. I think Tony Golan seems to have an absolute army of pretty good ones without a star. No isotopes, but an absolute stack of the next level. That's that's right. I think. See, you, you know, we we you know, O'Day Hoisted, for instance, where we go go south and win those those listed Group Three races at that at that level. So I think, in terms of that level, we're strengthening up, but we now want to get you know those. What we've lacked for so 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 many years is a genuine star, which WA seem to get one every single year. Whereas here in Queensland, we've been starved of them for the majority of time. Now you're a trial man. I'm a trial man. Adam's not, so he wouldn't have even watched it. But what did mm. you make of Tijuana? Oh, I only to be fair, I only watched it after you were trying to kick up for him. But I better look, look at this Gold Coast trial, and I'm not sure you would have been too exuberant about the troll if you were trying to kick up for him, would you? No. I would say Tijuana is exactly the sort of horse that does trial poorly because he's a grinder. He's not fast. Mm. So he wants this to be warp speed. He wants this high pressure and he's got to outstay him. That's his game. Yeah. He's got the right Richard job will for that. Be. Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a suitable enough race for him because I think he wants a mile probably even a bit further in time. I think he's yeah. pretty limited, but he's limited at the right level, if that makes sense. His form looks good on paper. 
Yeah, so he raced the good ones, Jack and Owen F. Cabin. They slapped him, but and so did Berkeley Square, Barkley Square. Mm. But they're not here. No. And he grinds away and does his thing and he'll eat pressure and he'll keep coming. And as I yep. said, he looks like Mahuda Light to me. Slightly worse okay. version of Mahuda through similar races. Russian Conquest given a barrier trial first up. J-Mac goes on, second up, target race. She's only two from nine. She looks to, if you take out her wet track runs, she's got the talent. But Does she? To win, to win this. Yeah, I'm look, I looked she, at it and no? well, extracted uh, those wet trackers. And that, that sand down run 25 September, she, she should be a time to win that, shouldn't you get against that lot? She ran well in that, but yeah. Well, Not Jamie's best, to be fair. Yeah, no, she maybe she gets closer, but it, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get that horse. Mm. Well, Snick Cat ran last in the maiden last week. That's your form. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? Mm. So then, Yellow Brick is, I'd say he's the bet. Oh, you're saying Yellow Brick Tijuana? They're the two. Oh, the prices. I think Tijuana's double figure prices is too big because I'd have him second pick. Yeah. Okay. Easy. Easy. Now the Bizarro will go Straight to the sprint. Forward. One of the mm. several sprints. But the sprint where King of Sparta comes up odds on, and what are we saying about odds on King of Sparta? Does that, uh, does I mean, that do anything for you? That should never make you feel good. Uh, it makes it the third race on the card you can add to the no-bet list. I'm disappointed here because I was thinking Hollyfield back to 1,200 metres. I was really 28 days between runs. That, that got me a little bit excited, particularly with $13 versus King of Sparta, who... Is yet to put two wins together in his career, um, but they elect to run Hollyfield in the fourteen hundred metres. So that is a bit disappointing, isn't that it? Because yeah. you'd love to see him up against those, like Emerald Kingdom. Absolute hat tip to Emerald Kingdom, one of the stars mm. of the festive season. And but you want to see those yeah. good tough horses get hold of a weak little thing like King of Sparta and rough him up, wouldn't you? Uh, yes, yeah, that's that's right. But uh, what I would say about King of Sparta is. Was that close to a career best the other day? Like, he was totally dominant. Um, so close, you know, it was. Mm. So whether he's improved or whether that's just, you know, that's just the one run for the preparation that he, he puts in. That's the, that's the question. But what are you going to be beating, making the beating? Maotai off the, um, the Bow Desert Trials? <laughs> it is a, that was the other bizarro. Maotai's prep. I'm trying to pick my way through this and work out what they're doing and I've got no idea. He was scratched twice the back end of last prep, 24th of September, 1st of October. Then he trialled on the 8th of November and the 15th. So he trialled a week apart. And then he hasn't done anything since. He Obviously, I'd say he's had a jump out, but he's eight weeks now to his first up run. First up last prep when he won. He's unbeaten fresh, but he went four weeks from his trial to his first up run and now eight weeks. I think he's good enough to give King of Sparta something to run down, but the prep's got me all heebie-jeebie. I mean, I, I feel now as I flick through this field that I've gone and called King of Sparta a weak little thing and then I'm rolling through and, geez, he's amongst friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the annoying thing is, is why is an 11-11 and Scalapini in this race? Then it actually would have been a race. Because yeah, they saw the need to put another race on just to thin out the existing ones. Now, Scalapini, and this might be why I'm a little grudgy against King of Sparta, but Scalapini, there's a horse to back against King of Sparta. Uh, and I did. Well, I did. In Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> and got picked off by him. Scalapini, uh, sorry to sidetrack, but Scalapini, with all the map advantages, is kingpin over 11-11, isn't he? 
Better the day. I think Easy. so. Ooh, put in, take straight out. Straight forward. He, he went straight no by. Depth. He went well, not straight oh. by. He went by um, spiritualising a jump out Tuesday a week ago. So he's he's in pretty good shape. No, mm. oh, well, he would do. He's a better horse than him. I was completely the other way. You want to give me a start? Head start with eleven eleven. Run you down. Yeah. All right. I've seen him race. Have you? Mm. What happened? In the eleven eleven beat him. Okay. Convincingly. Get in the looking. Kingsford Smith Cup, fifteen dollars versus forty to one. Well, the interesting thing for him, no, but thirty-five days between runs, he's unbeaten twice. He's won the Magic Millions Cup the last two years, fourteen hundred metres. He won last year off thirty-five days, same prep, off a pretty yeah. different run as well, going into that fourteen hundred metres. Yes. Yes. And now lands here fresh for J Mac, and he's a better horse than Scalopini. The interesting, type, it's a two-horse race, uh, Rangers. When you look at his form through 11-11, he meets him three and a half kilos better for only being beaten just over a length. And they met in Sc- they met at Scone in May last year, and mm. he now meets him eight kilos better. So if 11-11 doesn't meet Rangers home, I'll be staggered. And then Scalapini, all reports he jumped out well from you, and Adam's in his corner, but I don't mind backing one to run down the Gold Coast. What could go wrong? <laughs> Fair enough. No, fair it's enough. a day of angles. I've, I'm not. Well, that's an interesting angle. I just thought that again. My little uh, my little machine here is telling me Scalapini wins this two thirds of the time. All right. What yeah. about we save the best for last, and hopefully by this time that King of the Mountain form has been nice and truly well franked. Yep. Alpine Edge is just placed to win this race. Um, unfortunately, Martin Harley injured himself yesterday at Doomben. That's necessitated a change of jockey and they picked up James McDonald. Must be nice. He draws barrier one. 1,300, I think, sits in a real sweet spot for him. He was okay first up 1,000. He was good. Beat the rest comfortably enough at Toowoomba. Go back. He was midfield in a doom in 10,000. He was a length and a half off of Alana. To me, this F Troop, the, the second pick in betting, has 58 and draws the car park. I just think it looks... Very much tailor made for Alpine Edge this last race. I've got nothing more to add except BBOTD in the last Alpine Edge. Very I good. agree. Yeah. Excellent news. Yeah. Any, anything from, from the bleachers, Adam? There? No, I, I'm just fiddling around with that right now and I come up with two chances again. In fact, a lot of these, you're right, because there's extra races here, a lot of these are very top heavy. Very thin. And it is mm. yeah, Alpine Edge and F Troop and. You make a reasonable case why it would go one way and not the other. Mm. Which is going to be fun for connections when they run third to the better horses and they get jacked at the handicap and then all of a sudden they can't win races again. So looking forward to the handicap having fun with this meeting. But credit to connections, they're going to get a chance to run for a lot of prize money. That's right. Including Green Shadows in the Magic Millions Guineas. <laughs> the great Right green down shadows. the middle? Right down the middle. Mum and Dad have a share in Green Shadows and they are... Very, very excited, and I'm going to just text them through a uh, picture of the position in running chart. And <laughs> you, when you run the regression line up through uh, settling position and impact values, it's a very steep curve, and it the intercept is just past fourth. If you're not in the first four, you're in big trouble down the middle, are we? Lucky's all heart, mate. It's all right. You'll be rich after 11-11's already pulled the same stun off. <laughs> I'm going for two. Uh, well, that is the big advantage with Yellow Brick in that coming back to that race. He is going to put himself in that favoured position and on what we've seen to this point, best horse. So 
I could see understand if people are very keen on his chances, but hopefully Green Shadows can get into the finish somehow. You're not you're not flying up for a fly in fly out mission to support. Oh, we were going to. It's funny. Mum had accommodation booked, and then when he got beat at Ramwick, she cancelled the accommodation because she thought she was jinxing him. <laughs> so Mum and Dad are actually driving up right now. Uh, they're stopping okay. at stopping at Sawtell, and then they'll. Get up there on Friday night and very excited. I think mum's packed about five different outfits. Very exciting considering he only kicked off at Goulburn, I think, within a year. So last 12 months and then to be racing Mm. for that sort of prize. I don't think he's legless, to be honest. I think away from Tijuana and Yellow Brick, there is nothing between, I think, the rest of them. And he hasn't had a lot of luck in his races and I think high pressure 1400 will suit. So hoping he can run well. Good luck to them. Yeah, well, you'll see him. Yeah. If uh, yeah. if Green Shadows wins, it'll be a blonde-haired woman who is crying and there'll be a Greek a man. Socrates-like figure. St- standing <laughs> next to her with the hat on, no doubt. The fedora will be getting a run on Saturday. That's for sure. So you'll spot him. Look forward to it. One thing before we go, Nathan, on race five, I found this really sort of tricky because I didn't think Kiku was all that bad, but mm. J-Mac jumps off to ride Brooksbeer. Kiku mm. now 1,300 second up, inside draw, settles closer. I thought it was the obvious, yet J-Mac jumps off. What do you make of that? I thought it was a standout Quinella. Is that sitting on the fence? Who's the Quinella? I like the fact there's not huge pressure here and both can be closer than they were last year in this race. She'll be much closer this time, Kiku, but Brookspire to me... You're leaning with J-Mac? Yeah, I am. I see her getting just as nice a run, get across because just a nicer run. There wasn't a hell of a lot between them in this race last year. And in fact, Brooks Spire in this race last year, SP $3.50 favourite versus Snap Dancer. There's a little stat for you. Oh, that's right. You Queenslanders. Don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting market angle in this is Barossa Rosa, race Brooks Spire. It's a three and a half kilo swing for two length and Brooks Spire was given a sore back first up or it looks a prep run for this. And it was $10 versus five fifty, and now it's five yes. to one the pair. So, yep. Yeah, again, a pretty top-heavy race, I would imagine, Kiku and Brooks by. But I was, I was surprised to see J-Mac jump off I was Kiku. just disappointed that I think it was Sneaky Five of a horror gay just went by her at the end the other day, Kiku. I thought she was deplorable, Kiku, the other day. Okay. Yeah. Well, you and J-Mac are in the same she camp. I think realistically she her best wins this and it should have comfortably won that yes. prepping or not. The market said it would have won that race last time. It was one-way traffic. and uh, She was, I'm saying, terrible. Fair enough. Well... <laughs> On that note, we'll round out. Thanks on for joining us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, Nathan, mate. All the best. Enjoy Saturday. And uh, Will do. Thank you for having me back. No worries. I reckon we'll have you on during the autumn carnival when it really heats up. Yeah, of course. That's what you said about the spring. We'll speak <laughs> to you in, in the first week of June. Sounds good, mate. Enjoy the weekend. See you later. Before we get to the top rated, we haven't been able to do the review show for a couple of weeks. But I'll tell you what, Chrissy Parnham, when we relaunched the Penrith Award, he is straight <laughs> to the top because he is going awful at the moment in Perth. But anyway, moving on, just had to get that off my chest. I'm still do you have seething. A, um, do you have a festive season highlight? What's been your favourite moment in the uh, downtime? Not doing this? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not a bad, that's not a bad one. I was going to say Imperatrice, but no, you've trumped me. <laughs> <laughs> Imperatrice, because we haven't done the review obviously for a month, was the festive season's top twat from abroad. There's some good winners here, Nugget. 
been doing good New things. New gay. It's been doing good things. It's me's been doing good things in Sydney. Emerald Kingdom's been the star up in Queensland. So there's been some good twats. But Imperatrice, back to her best, was, it was good to see. Anyway. Yep. And the Telegraph is this weekend. So Levante versus Babylon Berlin again. Mayors just dominate over there because yeah. all the geldings go to Hong Kong. And if they're cults, they're here. Yeah. I think that's probably the the reason for all of that. But Imperatrice is really good. Yep. Keep seeing that form flicker across here and you see Rock and Horse winning, you know, big group ones and things, you know, Imperatrice is better than her, isn't she? Mm. Not on ratings actually, but <laughs> she would measure up here. Then La Creek comes across and flounders a little bit. But, but they are good. They're very good and Im- Imperatrice is very good and we know Levante is very right. good who is behind her. A little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. But Redemption, I think, on Saturday at Trentham. So, yeah, that's my festive season highlight. So that was without warning. Top rated horse for this weekend. Where are we headed? It could be the El Rashadia at Maidan on Friday night. Yep. Looks a good race. I think two by futures in there and Ottoman Empire, I think, is Charlie's horse. So I'm I need to go through that, but I think ran a pretty good time figure winning at Newmarket and might be nudging one twenty, but we will um Stay home. We'll stay home and we will stump up for Western Empire and continue to treat Western Empire as the Western Empire that won the railway and ran to 121 and at the time ran 121 with a bullet. With more to come. Uh, and now he kicks off for Johnny Leak Jr., the hottest stable in Victoria in the last six months. Have a guess. Have a guess for me at John Leak Jr.'s strike rate. Last six months. Last six months? He's doing well if he's over 30. Try over 70. What? <laughs> He's eight from 11 and winning four and a half times more than the market expects. Oh, my God. Only with a few horses, admittedly. Bob's been doing his stats for the last six months <laughs> in Victoria and he said, that's it. Get Western Empire to Johnny Leak Jr. There's a whole host of gear changes which, to me, look out of desperation as opposed to any real plan, but so be it. Knows what he's doing. So has he had more city winners than Team Friedman? He has had the same, I think. I think he is running a par in town with Team Friedman. Similar numbers of runners. Yeah. <laughs> and similar hype. No, Team Friedman had the, the winner of the first to draw level with Johnny Leak Jr., I think, at Sandown last Saturday with Bistro, then got knocked off in the last. Their last six months for a very good stable has been, I think they were rattled by all my anti-Artorius banter. That's what it was. I think they've forgotten how to train. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing the right thing here? No, they will bounce back, but that has been a sustained run of disappointment, I would say. They'd be frustrated. They'd be kicking the cat, wouldn't they? Because yeah. um, we all talked about Team Hawks are out of form, but they're out of form in a – it looks to me like they're out of form in a we haven't really got much stock here kind of way, whereas the Freemans look out of form in a we're really underwhelming the market here, like giving the market – about half. a third or something if you filter it down to some key pointers. If you look at Metro. Metro and in market and stuff, it's, you know, yeah. it's even worse than that. It, it's terrible. But um, that has very little to do with Western Empire, <laughs> <laughs> who sort of stands over. The, it's good standish. Hal Vorson in there has won it twice, including last year. But um, And a, Beggy's got a, a good squad, but Western Empire just sort of hovers over the top of it there looking very interesting. He's a key runner. So what are we expecting from Western Empire 1,200? Uh, this, he, you know, if be the ultimate Dunno, oh, Western is. Empire, because yeah. I have no idea what to expect from Western Empire. Obviously, it's a, it's a kickoff run. Obviously, he's going to be much better when he gets back towards a mile, but he's a fantastic horse if he's right. In Perth, there's no betting him beating Indian Pacific. Yeah, even at 1,200, really. Would mm. that be fair to say? Yeah. 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 Even though he hasn't really done it at, at 1,200. 
in fact, he absolutely hasn't done it at 1,200 Western Empire. But his Memsey, even his Memsey run, so he's disappointed in the spring. Those two ratings are just about win this. In fact, yeah, they'll, they'll go a long, long way towards towards winning this. Vespertine maybe off the, the win last time was, was pretty good, but it sort of stands isolated a little bit. Her stablemate Rose Quartz is a bit more reliable, but maybe she lacks a gear, although she goes to 1,200, which looks a massive key for her because she's just been desperate for a little bit further in, in all of her runs. She had was it four or five runs this prep, and they've all been, even one of them was 955,011. She's just desperate, desperate for 1,200, and she gets it, so she'll run well, but... She's she's no she's good, but she's no megastar, and I would think Western Empire, if he's on, would um round them up. But I yeah, I don't know what to expect. But I'm I must say Flemington looks terrific on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. But it is probably the one race, well, and and the two year old, I think. But um, I couldn't have. A, I don't think I have a bet. Around a bend, Indian Pacific can't run twelve hundred meters down a well. Is it what down the straight? Like, what's he doing, favourite? Yeah, I didn't I didn't find him up there. But as I said, I I. I gave up in a state of confusion. I'm probably my default view on the race is that obviously Western Empire is the the best horse, but I'm not really interested in backing him. And, and maybe I would default to Hal Vorson, who was playing last time, but he missed a run before that, and his fresh run on during Cup Week said he wasn't, he hadn't lost it. He still got his ability, old Hal Vorson. So maybe I would I would default to him. Dawn Passage, another one, like he ran really well in the Archer fresh last prep, and his best is pretty good, mm. but he. He's a long way off his best a lot of the time, Dawn yeah. Passage. He's, they he's gelded him last prep and it didn't work. He's still unreliable. He's either good or horrendous. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's fine. I don't mind horses like that because when they're good, you win. And then when they're horrendous, it sort of gets – it doesn't matter if you treat it like a binary thing, win-loss. It doesn't really matter how badly you lose. The wins pay the same. And, and no, they don't pay the same. When they lose badly, they, they start bigger prices for the hits. But he is unreliable. What price Western Empire for you to have a bet? Uh, if they bet 14s or something, I'd be like, wow, that's stupid. I've got to have something on. I think that would be fair. But as I said, there's um, there's a lot more appealing betting than the Standish. But there is no more interesting horse than Western Empire. Anywhere. In fact, I thought he was he was on the cusp at the start of this season. We're still in the season that he went into as the potential future star of Australian racing. Oh, definitely. Mm. So it would be... It would be fantastic if he did do that with John Leake. That would be, yeah. I could get right behind that. So, for the sport, I'll be um, sitting back and, and cheering. Standish, one of my favourite races. Actually. It is. Yeah. I love the Standish, but I did love it on New Year's Day. Don't like it here. Well, it doesn't it lacks all of a sudden? It's a little bit, you know, it's lost. Well, it would be one it's of your memorable f- on New Year's Day. It's a thing. I, you know, you wake up late on New Year's Day, dusty, have a bloody mary, and back the Standish winner. These are the. This is the. <laughs> This is how it goes. Whereas now it's just uh, you know on some stinker not day in the middle of January. That would have been your festive highlight, the Standish. I guess that's a disappointment for you as well. I was left to enjoy Imperatrice. No, that's true. It was usually a, a what a one-two punch. The Railway Standish New Year's Day double. Who was who was the Kavanaugh thing we backed and we got beaten? The Catapult. He got beaten. Oh my! What do you bring <laughs> that up for? Catapult had won one as well. He was underrated horses from history. Catapulted. Mm. Do you remember the day, I don't know if you remember the day, he ran into Haylist. Yeah, poor bastard. He was absolutely airborne. He ran, I think it was like a Bobby Lewis or something, and he's turned, it might have been a Gilgai, I think, actually, and he turned up and just ran like 118 in a Gilgai, just steaming catapulted, and Haylist just smacked him. <laughs> it's like, wow, imagine turning up with that much horse and getting beat. But then again, that was that would become the story of Haylist's life. Mm. So Haylist, black caviar, catapulted. <laughs> 
memories and a standish legend. He was. Do you have a best bet for us? Uh, I'll throw one at you. I don't know if it'll, in fact, it probably isn't really best bet territory, but there's a horse called Beretta in race three who has just been caught up in slow races throughout this prep, given no chance in a couple, and then they settled closer last time to give him his chance, but then they walked and he had to wait on a run. He conceded first run to the horses in front of him and couldn't reel them in, but he stuck at it okay, and this is a pretty plain race, so I think there's... um. There's not much in his way here. So I'm saying D-Day for Beretta. And he gets Jai McNeil hot off the plane back from from Hong Kong where he's ridden no winners, one winner. But he will surely get back to riding some winners in in Melbourne. Uh, And I hope, well, I I assume that I will be hoping. In fact, I will be hoping, I would say, looking at those prices at the moment, that he is One one of them. Do you have a best in Sydney? I don't. Well, that makes for atrocious podcasting. It does. Sydney has had a run of, I reckon, five weeks of dead set horrendous meetings. And Saturday for me is no different. One little angle of interest is in race two, Colino. I tweeted out last week Chris Waller's stats second up and beating the market first up, losing second up and then bouncing back third up. So... Very interesting to see what Kalino does in that race. So where does Kalino fall in? Is she... One first up and oh, now so goes now second up. This is the second up. This is where you think the... There, think, there could be a dip. You think Waller's training the wheels off him. For whatever reason it is, it's over a substantial amount of runners that this is a trend and I'm not too sure whether they have tweaked something at the stable but it does seem to be ringing true at the moment. So... A watch on Kalino on the weekend, scratch from last week. In the same race, Dynamic Impact was a big winner at Canterbury first up. Big sectional markup, $14. He's one I could certainly entertain in that race. And I'm keen to see Spacewalk back gelded, although you think all that form is garbage. I think all the Giga Kick form outside of the... I don't think Giga Kick in the Everest dragged any of the horses that had raced against him prior to that. Doesn't make him faster. Level. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't. And I, I think that Giga Kick did produce something. It was a real outlier performance to win the Everest. I don't think it was a performance that can be explained by the past, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was outside the, the realms of what he'd done in the past. So a lot of the time, you you know, a horse goes and wins a good race and then you go back and look at the past race and go, oh, well, these were actually really hot races and that's doing the form, right? Trying yep. to predict the future using the past. I think he was outside the bounds of normal prediction Winning the Everest, I think that's just one of those things. He just turned up and, and he's you know young, lightly raced horse, got himself into a hot race and stood up to it, loved it. Yeah, clearly, and he backed it up. He did to I some he, extent yeah, in yeah. the in the VRC Classic. He proved, I think, in the VRC Classic that it wasn't that he will be up around that sort of level. The Everest might will probably be the high point of his career, almost certainly, but he'll be a very good sprinter and still better than the form that preceded the Everest. Yeah, I think if you went if you went and dragged all that Giga Kick form up. Yeah, you're in wrong. Your, in your estimations, you've you've spent the last few months losing a bit of cash, actually. Yeah. One horse who did pique my interest in the last is Snapped. Good winner first up at Sandown. For Team Friedman. Ah, yes. One of very one of the few winners. One of the few winners for Team Friedman. Cartwright comes to Sydney to ride it. No surprise, given the way. Cartwright. Cartwright, given how it won first up. Pretty pretty low race in Sydney. She did win, I must say, yeah, without knowing what, when you say low race, I don't know what that really means, but I know, I know I do know what it means. 
<laughs> I know what your take on a low race would be, and she would be. She'd have to have a great chance. Yeah. So I think better than two to one about her chances. If you had to push me for a best bet in Sydney, it will be snapped in the last. Well, this is a, a podcast where I think we agreed that there would be a pick at the end. So you have been pushed. <laughs> so <laughs> well, consider yourself pushed into a tip. And if I'm picking one, you're picking one. So it's snapped, is it? It's snapped in the last. Good to be back. Ish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, looking forward to a lot of the good horses are starting to troll next week. So it's amazing how quick it all comes around and looking forward to El Bodegon starting off his prep towards a Doncaster. He might kick off in the new market against Solcombe. What a way to start the spring that'll be. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with the first review show. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about with the two-year-old and the Guineas. I'm hoping Yellow Brick does take that next step forward because, as Nathan touched on, they're lacking a star at the moment. I'm hoping it can be this horse. I'm hoping Chris Parnham gets him out of the gates on Saturday because you've got him in the crosshairs. I do.